Hello, welcome to the Big Scuba Show. Hi there, I am Birgitta Dita Wilms, and I am the podcast with Gemma and Ian. And I'm here to talk about my decades in the water as an underwater photographer and my experiences, and also about my new projects and my desire to create the new generation of ocean ambassadors. that time again everybody welcome to the big scuba podcast thank you so much for downloading us my name is ian and with me by the power of zoom once again is my lustrous co-host Gemma in Pakefield. hello everyone hello 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 yes we are back for one more week here we go so Welcome. It's Friday. Hooray. But then if, you, if it's not Friday and you've missed the, the first day this comes out, it's Saturday. <laughs> it could be any day of the week. Any day. Yes. Well, it seems like just about every day, Jim, um, there's something else. Like yesterday, it was uh, Turtle Day. Turtle Tuesday yesterday. Turtle Tuesday. Happy Turtle Tuesday. If you missed it yesterday. It was Turtle Tuesday yesterday, and it, it's just like another day, you know. But it's good to celebrate our these great little um, creatures. It certainly is, yeah. It certainly is. So I want to say thank you very much. Uh, if you are new to the big scuba, where you've been, you know, we've been going a year now, and uh, you only know joiners. But thank you. It's really good to have your company and make our listeners up to two or three now. Three, yeah. That would be really great. You're not alone. Uh, so coming up on the Big Scuba podcast on episode 59, Jim, we have a great guest once for, once again for our listener. Yes. Who we got? Birgette Dida Wilms. So she's originally from Denmark, but now lives in the USA. She certainly do. Yeah. And uh, a horsey girl, I do believe as well. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Into her horses scuba diving and exploring and uh, a breast cancer survivor as well so it's really good and she talks a bit about that and her book which is brilliant yeah uh, coming up in the future as well so she's got lots yeah yeah positive message we like that we do like a positive message on the big scuba Uh, also we'll talk about our previous guests briefly Uh, we've got the usual uh, back phone messages where people have called us up and left us some messages and made the, the phone glow red. We like it when it glows red, Jim. Yeah. Don't we? We like that. And uh, we've got a little note about some various partners of ours, as usual. Should we get into the back phone messages? Yeah, let's have a listen to the two people that have left a message. Awesome, let's do it. Hello, caller. Please leave your message after the tone. Remember to leave your name and where you are calling from so that we may play it on the wireless. Thank you for calling. Please leave your message after the tone. Hi, this is Cristina Zanato from the Bahamas, a contributor to the book Close Calls by Stratiskas. In my story, I decided to share something a little bit embarrassing which is about a mistake that we make when we are young instructor who thinks I can actually defy the world and defy the rules. And I hope that through my 
story, people can learn a little bit more. We all make mistakes, but when we make one and we realize what we've done, it's time to stop, retrace our steps, and decide to take the correct route. Enjoy your reading. Hello to all uh, big scuba friends. Thanks, Gemma and Ian, for inviting me at this pitch. I think Stratis had an amazing idea for sharing diving and cave experiences. And I'm proud to be part of this project with so many friends and big divers. This incredible collection of stories is a potential guide to survive at cave and diving risks. And uh, what about me? I started diving and caving more or less 28 years ago. In my life, I often push my limits and the experience taught me that the risk is higher when you ride in your comfort zone. That's why I choose this episode of my life as it represents perfectly how little things can be little. My story was not epic like many others in this book, but I think it could be useful to, be, to remind how important is every single check, even in not extreme situation. Ciao et all. I hope to see you soon in the water. Dive safe. End of messages. If you want to feature on the Big Scooper podcast, please tell us about what you are doing under the water or on the water. Send us a quick voice recording via WhatsApp. The number is plus four four seven eight one zero 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 five nine two four. Thank you. Okay, so they were some uh, good messages from two Italians. So Christina and Simon. Yeah, so it was nice to hear from them. And yeah, if anybody listening out there wants to give us a call and leave a message, call the back phone. And the number is 447810005924. Anyway, so Strats Cass came on and talked about his close call, his close shave that he had whilst diving in a cave. And that was really good to hear, you know, that he obviously turned that into a positive again. And um, him and a good friend at Eurotech come up with this great idea to, to write a book and in, invited loads of people. It's about 60, 68, isn't it? 68 people contributed to the book. To uh, contribute about their stories and uh, their very honest stories as well, you know, where they've made um, a mistake or something like that or something didn't go quite to plan. And uh, they obviously turned it around to come back and tell the story which is always important gems always important to get get home again after you dive you know all right so uh, but the, you know there is um, if you're interested if you haven't bought the book you can f- look on the show notes there's a link there where you can it will take you or with you from us all the way to amazon and you can place your order at amazon there yeah. we go yeah it's available in kindle at the moment uh, but the hardback shouldn't be much longer so, uh, but do it. it's a really good read. Lots of uh, information on there, and uh, lots of really good, interesting stories. They're and, very um, ripping, and some are a bit scary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? I think you might even learn, you know, learn some bits and pieces as well. So, and you think, blimey, you know, 
didn't think of that, or maybe I'm in a cave, I'll be aware of this. So hopefully that, you know, that'll be really good for you. But anyway, so look out for that. That was episode 58 and that was out last week. Right. So we'll now uh, move over to listen to our guest, episode 59, and it's Birgette Dida Wilms. So she's from Denmark and she lives in the USA and she has done loads of diving, travelled extensively, and now she has a few more projects um, that are coming through um, for her to talk about. Yeah, I sit back and have a listen. Mm. So here is Birgette Dida Wilms. <laughs> okay, welcome to the Big Scooper podcast, Birgitta Dida Wilms. Thank you. Yeah, and you also go known as Dida. So if, if we refer to you as Dida as well, is that? That's perfectly fine. Yes. And you've noticed I've left the uh, introduction to Gemma this time because I'd be so I'd, I'd be all over the place and I'd totally get it wrong. So well done, Gemma. Oh, like, listen, just listen. We are it's all flex. We all flexible around here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, would you like to tell our audience, the Big Scooper Podcast audience? who you are and what you do. Yes, my name is Brigitte Wilms. I go by Dita and I have been in the diving industry for many, many years. Um, I started probably about 30 years ago. And at the time I was married to Chris Newbert, an award-winning photographer. And that's when I took up photography. And for decades, we were leading uh, international underwater photographic diving expedition to great, great destinations such as the Solomon Islands and Papua New Guinea, Vanuatu, Red Sea, Cocos Island, Galapagos, and Indonesia. And we really um, focused on destinations that had, you know, high biodiversity for, you know, a variety of subject matters for for our own library, photo library. So that's how we spent a lot of time. We spent a lot of time uh, at diving conventions. We did a lot of book signings, slideshows. Um, we had a, we co-authored a coffee table book called Inner Sea of Dreams, also award-winning. Yeah. And um, it was through there that I talked to a lot of parents and they kept coming up saying to us like, listen, uh, our children are not watching TV anymore. They, are watch- they, they want the coffee table books. And that's how the idea for children's books, children's book projects sprung. And um, life took turns on many levels. Uh, Chris and I are no longer together. I ended up wanting to stay here in New Hampshire on the farm. I'm now a mom. And then I also had health issue with breast cancer and it it was pretty aggressive. And that's all a thing in the past, but I had a couple of things to to attend to in life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that um, that I needed to. So I also kind of needed a break from the scuba diving. It was so intense. It was so intense. We did it for so long and it was just like, I just needed a break. Mm. Yeah. So I am also a um, proud to be a part of the Women Divers Hall of Fame. I was inducted in 2003. And yeah, so I have been published. I am with, um, I've been published, you know, internationally. I hang in the Smithsonian. I've been Life Magazine and National Geographic. Actually, I don't know where my pictures are published. I just, I just get a statement. So I, I can't really follow it. But um, yeah, so that's, that's the short story of what, what I am about. Yeah. So what got you into scuba diving? What made you get in the water? Oh, what I got in the water? Well, I was, you know, I grew up in Denmark and Denmark is surrounded by the ocean. 
So we see the water all the time. We're very natural, but I had this fabulous, at the time, I was probably eight or six, around that time, young kid. And and that was right, Jacques Cousteau had their, the Cousteau family, they had their series. So it was like a big deal, you know, in Denmark, we had one channel on the TV and we would gather as a family in front of the TV on Saturday nights. So that's when we were watching that. And then they followed over, like in the gas station, we fill up with gas, you would get, give this book. And then if you fill up a certain amount, you have stickers and it was all about Jacques Cousteau and the Cousteau family. And so it became a passion of mine, something I always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. In Denmark, they were very strict. You had to have it very, you're, I think you had to be 18 at the time before you could do it. So when I went as an au pair after high school, to um, California. I said, well, I'll get my certification there. So I certified in Monterey Bay in California. That's good. So was that warm water diving or cold water? Totally cold water. Very miserable. Like the first dive, you know, it's beach diving and you have your quarter inch wetsuit, you know, a farmer John and you're crawling into the water. So it was not a really inspirational dive, but I got my certification at least. No, that's good. And what, what kind of level have you gone through? What levels have, have you got anywhere else that you want to go in terms of your diving? No, I was not that interested in the certification and it was also a liability. It's a little bit like if I had an instructor certification and I was a tour guide, then something happened, I would step into the role of an instructor and the responsibility coming with that. So I chose not to. It really mm-hmm. was, I could I could dive all I wanted. I had nitrox, you know, and I have, I think, advanced open life, but the nitrox was great, but that's as far as I took it. And um, it was actually a guest on our trip in Galapagos that certified me there. So that was, oh, wow. that was you know, a very essential and certification all divers should have, I believe. Um, but... But other than that, it was the photography. I had the vessel. I knew how to dive. And that was all I needed mm-hmm. in order to get the, to the photograph. Yeah. And that was really the focus of why I was in the water. You've dived in some uh, lovely places. Yeah, lovely really places. nice places. And, and we did it for so long. You know, it's been one of the real privileges is that we, Solomon Islands, we were there 17 falls in a row. And we were not there for two weeks. We were there for a minimum of six, sometimes 13 weeks in a row. So I have spent three and a half years combined in the water, spanned over almost two decades. And it was really great because you got to see um, reefs that did the natural cycle with, you know, being wiped out by crown of thorns and how they came back, how long they took. And it was that was really great. You got to really get a sense of the rhythm of nature. See, one one year it was all nudibranchs everywhere and next year there was none. Next year, you know, lionfish were everywhere. The next next year, there was not that many. And then you could also see each reef. Sometimes were really happening. Sometimes they were not. So it was, you really got appreciation of, of, of the rhythm of nature by doing it over such a long period of time, over mm-hmm. such a span. Even the, the managers on Belakiki, they were there on a daily base, but they had, didn't have the longevity of the experience. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. And with your photography, did that come as you started diving or did you know that you wanted to take on the photography when you got into the water? Well, what happened was I got really fed up because Chris was photographing. We were on the barrier reef in, in Australia. I was just like waiting and waiting. And he was such a perfectionist. I'm like, oh, God, I'm so bored. So I was like, give me a camera. And so when we went to the next trip in, in Red Sea, 
I was like, just give me a camera. I'm sick. So tell me what to do and do. And that's what started it. Wow. Yeah. 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 So I was like, yeah, I didn't know anything. Just I'm a good Isn't student the way in many ways. So don't make it complicated. Just tell me what to do. I can take directions really well. And that's how it started. Yeah. That's a great way of learning. That. Yeah. Get, get someone to tell you what you need to do and then get straight into actually doing it. It gives you a complete like core of what to do and then you can break from there you know mm -hmm. he had already done the homework so I, I just kind of like you know what works and then I purposely after that we never dove together but I purposely separated and dove on my own to create my own style I didn't want like he found a subject matter I would take a picture to we never dove together as a matter of fact I never dove with anybody now that is not recommended I know in the diving industry <laughs> however as a photographer it's really how we ran our trips and how most photographers prefer prefer to dive, you know, so yeah. less, less yeah. people scare and distracting. Yeah, well, this is it. We've had a few people on and they say, they've said this exactly the same thing is yeah. that they uh, choose to dive on their own. Plus if you're, as, as you found, you know, if you, if you're the partner who uh, is not actually taken there to take photos, it's a lot of hanging around. for oh, so, Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I don't care how warm the water is. Eventually you get super bored and you also get cold. You yes. know, even in the tropics with a quarter inch, if you're hanging long enough, you know, it's just, it's just not that much fun. Mm -hmm. So when did you last dive? I last oh, probably two or three years ago in Bali. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was really good. It was surprisingly good. It was a combination of an all women's group with uh, babes in Bali. And, um, we went and it was a different experience for me um, because it was a different way of teaching. Uh, I was not used to land resorts. And I had that time, you know, when I kind of took my big break, it was also because digital photography had taken over and we were like, that's fine. But we had just arrived using this little camera coming called a Sopai out of Switzerland. And it was like, it was a dream come true. And then we had to start all over with the digital. And it was just, it was a natural break. You know, we had been at it for so yeah. long. It was just like, okay, let's just be done. So I don't have a camera anymore. I am, I have a land camera. I've got my 100 to 400 millimeter Canon EOS, whatever fancy camera it is. So I'm back, you know, and getting into wildlife as much as I can, you know, a little hard with the girls, but you know, we live in surrounded by nature. Yeah. So I'm back into land photography and, but I really have to concentrate on being a mom, but I'm taking that as an opportunity because I'm very flighty. I like opportunities and I really go for them very quickly. So it has grounded me to actually get into, learn all the technical parts of the end of editing and of all of this other stuff that I have to learn if I want to do photographs. Mm -hmm. And that is the role I've stepped into. So I want to, kind of, you know, have a massive, massive library that is kind of just sitting here other than my photo, you know, agent out in California, uh, Minden Pictures. Uh, so I want to do that. I have to anchor myself. Do you get into video me. work? Excuse me? Do you get into like, taking video work or is it just stills? Just stills, just stills yeah. at this point. Yep, yep. And um, after doing all the book signings, you know, it was the children's books, the interest for the kids that really caught my attention. So that was my focus. Former photography really changed um, how I photographed, angles of the animals, colors I would pick. And, you know, I had a luxury of, of opportunity. You know, I could say, you know, I want that diamond leather jacket there, but I want it. I want, I'm going to photograph it when I see it in front of a soft coral, 
That's how much time I had. I mean, I was that picky, you know, I would, or I would really be careful with the ankle. I would really just wait until the animal was looking at me because that was cute or it was very effective or that eye contact with the animal is hard to get, but it's also what's going to work on a page or a website or slideshow or whatever. So that was very much with the children in mind. So do you do uh, public speaking as well or about the children's side of things? I will be, I will be. And that's part of everything is happening right now. My website is happening. I have my trilogy edited by a professional authors group. Um, I am actually finished my first book in the series that I want to come out in February. The first book will come out in February. And then every month I will publish the rest book. They are like entry level for readers, ABC books. Right. Okay. Two, three books. And then, you know, build a website or mailing link list and then start publishing projects and books for an older audience audience so they can follow me through the years that's yeah. is my that's my theory yeah. so as a child progresses in age they'll follow your books through is that kind of yes yeah yeah that's yeah that's an incredible feeling to hopefully be inspiring little ones to well that's my goal my goal is really to you know, start a new generation of ocean ambassadors. I think when I grew up, and I don't know some of you younger than I am, but you know, it was almost like loom and groom. It's like, you know, everything is coming hell in a hand, going to hell in a handbasket. And I think when you listen to the Sylvia Earls and even Jane Goodall, all our heroes, you know, they're they're turning back to hope. Yeah. And just like with you, Gemma, it's like I wanna engage you know the girls because we i look at these a lot of these ma- magazines and i know it's real wonderful but you have a shark coming out of the water with the open mouth and i'm like i'm over it you know we've seen it a million true. times and i know it's it's sensation and i know but you would never put a, a dog showing its teeth on the cover of a child's magazine we see it with the sharks all the time and i'm really good point you know it's it's just i don't know why but um so i do i, I want to bring the girls in too and I also want nature just to be nature is an interesting enough. It just by being nature, we can, there's so much here. It's fabulous. It's, you don't yeah. have to have the sensation to, you know, to, to engage the children. They are naturally engaged just mm-hmm. like they are with dinosaurs or not every child, but a lot of kids are. Where do you think that's, so that's where I'm doing, for example, in my ABC book, uh, one of the picture that is in the, hanging in the Smithsonian I picked that purposely, but then the text has a pink letter and then orange. So I'm trying to balance, you know, the color and the, and the subject matter. So it's gender neutral. It will talk to in both, both boys and girls. But where do, where do you think that's come from? From the, if you, when you're talking about uh, how the sensational photos of sharks got the teeth out and things like that, rather than just having a shark look and normal when it's, just going around where do you think that dates back to it's uh, it's a old-fashioned scare tactic i mean fear fear sales it, i mean you look just look at our news your yeah. news you know in europe is quite different than ours but it is definitely you know it is fear sales yeah. so that's a part of it but it's also because Gemma, you know and the reason why you're here and one of the things you make very clear is that you were trying to bring in more women and it comes from a male-dominated industry. Yeah. We think the males. That's what I think it is. And it's not like there's anything wrong with that. It's just like that's their take. We haven't really focused on another take. It's kind of it's time like to they're move stuck on in that take. That, mm-hmm. yeah. It's kind of time to move on from that 
that stereotypical there's the jaws look of a shark yes yes we have seen them you know and and it's it's you know it's harming the sharks Mm. it's harming the sharks it's like it's, it's like you know we get to again if somebody put a dog on like that looking like that you know somebody would object but that's our you know they live in our house so it's you know that's not okay but if it's in nature and we actually as adults are scared of it we're okay with it you know it doesn't make sense and it's harmful to the sharks their reputation you know they are super important to our ecosystem a healthy shark population suggests a healthy ecosystem and here we are trashing them you know so 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 my it's very much um focused on that just being nature just being nature being nature is good enough Mm. actually it's fabulous are they all the books based in the underwater world or do you bring the land into it as well? No, I don't at this point. I have my publishing company is called Above, Below, Beyond Publishing yeah. because eventually I will go above and I will also go beyond. But right now, again, my goal is to stay focused on getting my pictures out, the projects I have in my head, you know, get them out to the world. That's what I'm doing right now. But eventually... I would like to to maybe go be you know above above yeah. the surface. So um, that's definitely something I'm looking to. I, I did a, um, a trademark a name for my first series, and it's called Swim Along. And then I am also trademarking another name, which is called Swing Along. And that could be the jungle. It could be you know you could see a monkey swinging. <laughs> so that's where I'm going with that. That's cool. Do you think oh, you'll get back under the water? Excuse me, Ian. Do you think you'll get back under the water? I think so. I think so. I do. I have to find a camera. I'm, I'm looking at the cameras that people are dragging around and it's like, oh, it looks heavy. That looks heavy to me. I need to find something that has like really good resolution, top of the line that I can handle. But right now, uh, motherhood really has to take a priority. It won't last forever. And I'm also thinking, do I want to come back into a role in the dive industry as a photographer or is there another role for me? Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I'm not ready for that. I have, have some ideas that I, that I might, yeah. you know, pursue at some point. But right now is again, the, um, yeah. I mean, the thing with the ocean is you never leave it. When you're that intensely, when you're that naturally drawn to it, did it for so long. I mean, I have salt water in my veins and my office right here um, that I'm sitting in, you know, I have, you know, the carvings from the Solomon Islands. I have the shell money from the Solomon Islands. I have pictures. So I am reminded of the ocean every day so yeah. but getting back into the ocean yes I could actually absolutely see myself do that yeah. in a heartbeat so we're just going to take a quick break from Dida and the big scuba are going to have a chat about our partners uh, let's talk about our partners that we have we've you know we're very blessed with uh, a great range of our partners but Hey, if you like the sound of us, we are open for business as always, and we would like to hear from you. Um, We're always looking to increase our partners, and uh, if we can talk about your uh, products while we're diving or having fun on the water, you know, let us know. Always contact us. And uh, right now, we are partnered up with our great friends over at Fourth Element, a well-known company, uh, always coming out with some great products aren't they Jim? Mm-hmm. Yeah yeah they've got a good wetsuit out at the moment so for anybody that's wild swimming or doing cold water swimming uh, they're pretty ideal to be honest so they're it's the Xenos isn't it? 
Yeah. So the links are again are in the show notes and there are links on our social media and just keep an eye on our social media because there'll be lots of fourth element products coming up. Yeah, there is. And uh, you uh, dive in the hydro suit, which is a really good mm-hmm. dry suit as well. Nice looking dry suit as well. Yeah, it's, it's available for men as well. So it's not just a girl's version. No, no, that's all good. Nice, good, good. nice and slim fitting. Yeah. And let's just talk about a previous guest as well, uh, Autumn, Autumn Blum, and uh, with our American friends, we can save them some money, can't we? Yes. Yeah. So we're wave makers for stream to see. So if people go to the website and order, if they're in the US, then they'll get a 10% discount on their total order. Yeah. Yeah. If you are in the UK and you want to buy some of these marvellous products uh, that are really good for the environment. And uh, you can also save by going to Fourth Element. So, yeah, so you um, won't have the shipping fees from the US. So just go direct. If you're a UK listener, go to Fourth Element, follow our links, put your order in, and you'll just have to pay UK shipping. So you will. Yeah, so uh, there we go. Uh, also, Paralens, you know, a camera that we've used above the water, below the water if you're interested in buying one of their cameras uh they're really good you can they're all around camera and um they've got the fequita out which is the new one if you're interested in buying that come to us there's a link on show notes again whiz you over there and lastly dji drones we can save you money by come to us again look at the show notes and uh follow the link and that will take you to their site to save some money yeah. on the drone yeah, so lots of money to be saved. Certainly is. And, uh, you know, during these weird and wonderful times that we find all, we all find ourselves in, you know, it's uh, got to save money where you can if you're inter- interested in buying these things, because hopefully we won't be in long in lockdown for too much longer. No. Now let's go back to talk more with Ada Wilms. How old are your children? My children, one is nine and the other one just turned 14. Right, okay. So have they got any interest in sort of seeking the underwater world? Would you I think the real one could. The the older one, we, she was with me in Bali and it was it was more of a grown-up trip than it was a kid's trip. So she kind of, she was like, oh, I don't know about this. The younger one, she's taken to the horses and she's also, so she might, she loves the water. So she might, but it's not a requirement, nothing I push. No. Like, yeah. No, well, it's good. Yeah. You have to let them find their way a little bit, don't you? Yeah, same with the horses. I mean, I go horseback riding with a little one when she asks. Yeah, yeah. yeah sounds amazing. Like horse riding in all that open space. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it works out good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. So um, you said the book's out in February. Yes, that's the goal. That's the goal. Uh, I have laid out the pages. I have a correspondent uh, web content that uh, when you see... A is for angelfish. You can go to my website and you can have a little bit bit more of a paragraph over there to learn about the animal. Rather than putting in the back of the book, it will be on a website. And that's obviously to drive, you know, drive people to my website. Uh, Each book will have eight downloadable uh, coloring pages you can get for free. You can sign up and then you'll get that. And that will happen for each book. Um, Yeah. So the first one, um, if I... Assuming I can work all the technical aspects of uploading in an Amazon, they will be out in February, next book, March, April, May. I may or may not do a sight word book for ch- children. 
uh, and directional sight words. Um, so I will have to see about that. But for sure, four books are coming, maybe. And I already have a Christmas book planned. So, wow. so that, yeah, so that's where it's going. You know, the Christmas book is very fantasy and um, I will need an illustrator for that. I don't have pictures of, of the ideas for these fish. So um, that would be illustrations for somebody else was still my story. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. And do you bring in marine conservation into the book? Because obviously the underwater world is, you know, it's very, well, it always is so important. But, you know, like here, we've got a lot going on with David Attenborough at the moment. So do you oh. bring that aspect into the books as well? Not at this point. I think it's really important to establish Mm. establish the interest with the kids, the, the curiosity, they're wanting to know more. Because by that, once you have that interest and you are hooked into the ocean, so to speak, that will come naturally. Mm. What I do want to one of the things in my, I'm working on a mission statement for my publishing company. And one of the things I do in my mission statement is that the kids matter, what they do matter and the kids matter. And I also say, you know, here at Above Below Beyond Publishing, we believe all life above and below the surface matters. You know, we have the big Black Life Matters here in the U.S. So I wanted to touch upon that, but also like all life matters, even under the surface, too. So that's kind of my take on it. I am envisioning eventually that, you know, coming up with tips that the kids can do. You know, I'm thinking about having children's um products, toys, water bottles, you know, with my images on it, so they can feel they can make a difference, even if they're young, you know, mm -hmm. that is my take, not so much, you know, um, you know, what I also see with my newsletters, like announcing beach cleanups, you know, there is a special exhibit in, in the aquariums here and here, that's what, that's the take, not so much preaching conservation, they, I believe they will find that on their own. Yeah, I think Not that it doesn't matter. It matters hugely. But when you have that interest, you have a love for something, you are going to want to protect it. So, yeah, well, it's a famous saying, isn't it? You protect what you love. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, so I think we got to get their interest going first, just with and no preaching. Yeah, have lots of lots of pictures. It always, it always really works, doesn't it? I, I think that's why they pictures a thousand words, you know, and, and show mm. them. You know, show them hope. I remember in Denmark when I grew up from first grade, they had already told us that uh, by the time we graduated, we would not be able to get a job because there was going to be so much uh, unemployment in Denmark. And they were right. It was impossible. So I, I think the worst thing you can do is take away young generations dreams, take away their hope, you know, let them just think everything is perfect, you know, and that's kind of where I come in. And, you know, colors are wonderful. And that way the imagination can go. And there's, you know, that's the most important part of a, I think a child's development is to keep their imagination intact. Yeah. Um, but so, so, and that's what I'm doing, you know, just, you know, presenting a very, very pretty picture. Yeah. And they're so young and they're like sponges, aren't they? So they can take all that information in. Yeah. Yeah. My and it's also, you age. know, for the parents, you know, you get the children, if you, if the children want this book, well, you know, the parents are going to go into the website and spend time with the family. So there's quality time involved too, in these projects. It's very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if you're inspiring parents, when they're looking at the books with their children as well, 
you know, you might inspire some people to, yeah, sort of jump in the water. And, yes. Yeah, or to go to the aquariums to show up for the cleanups or may not, maybe look up on the websites like For Ocean and see what's being done and maybe switch you using, you know, the Yeti cups rather than, you know, buying, you know, plastic bottles on the fly. Mm-hmm. Those kinds of things, you know, it does make it, you know, a bigger impact than just the children. And that is also kind of my goal. It's, it's like through the back door, but um, I think it's it will be effective. Yeah, no, that's great. And the books, they're obviously on, you said on Amazon, so it's going to be worldwide. As, I guess yes. anybody in the four corners of the earth can yeah, reach out to yeah. these books. Yes, yes. So I'll, I am, you know, creating a launch, a launch party. So, you know, if you hear of anybody, please let let me know because I can put them on and and probably depending on, on how the book is going to be it's all color each book you know each page there's no uh, text pages it's all photographic so you know Amazon have what you call a delivery fee so I don't know if the delivery fee can be kept under a dollar it might be, have to be 199 I know some some kids book have done that but it's going to be offered as cheap as possible mm-hmm. for a short period of time as cheap as I can and then the price will go up. It will never be very expensive. But I'll do the electro- electronic books, then the printed versions. And then I will have, you know, each book will, new publication will be launched in Amazon every month. It's very okay. difficult to do that, to put a book up to something like Amazon. Oh, yeah. You've got your own publishing company as well. Yes, I have not done. I hear it's very difficult, but I'm just going to take the approach that I can figure this out. this is gonna go so smooth (laughs) that's how we are yeah it is (laughs) very much same with the printer oh well it's not perfect well you know we're a little late no biggie exactly yeah you've got to give these things a go exactly right yeah no i have i have actually studied with many different uh authors etc and i'm in an author's group right now that specializes in children's books publication on Amazon. So I have a support team where it's like, oh my God, this doesn't work. What am I doing wrong? You know, and, and um, the issues you were mentioning, they get a lot of questions about that. It's in the upload, but I'm kind of figuring it out. Right now, what I need to learn is Adobe Illustrator, and I need to learn how to do just blank pages in, in Adobe Illustrators. And that's pretty much it. I've done Photoshop and I've laid out the pages in Photoshops, et cetera. Photoshop so is huge. That's a big thing to get your head around that, is Yes, yes, just scanning. I mean, I can just, that's one thing eventually on my farm, what I'm doing here is I have just, I have a big barn and I have a wonderful club room. We just added a bathroom. And then I have two sites um, on my other lot across the road with mountain views. It's quite nice. So eventually, and I also have a three-bedroom home sitting over on the other side of the road. So I'm thinking kind of easing into maybe this would be a convention one time. Yeah. So I could, con, you know, you could be publishing for, you know, children's books. And even if you're underwater photographer, you can work on your photography and land and then take that with you underwater and just like sharpen your skill, sharpen your eye. Because underwater photography is really just photography. So we could do photographic, you know, photographic uh, weekends, weeks here um and that that is kind of further out but something i have part of my future plan as a potential you sound a very busy lady (laughs) well i'm totally busy (laughs) totally busy that's why i'm not like traveling so oh god i can't do that until the girls are gone (laughs) (laughs) the more you can do yourself the better that is isn't it it's better to manage as well 
Yeah, yeah. And you just kind of have to, these, both my girls, you know, they, I got adopted them older, they came through the foster care system. So, you know, we, we kind of, you know, abandonment is a big thing. So you can't just say, you know what, I got to get some more pictures. I haven't done, you know, I haven't done enough with the ones I already have, but see you later. You know, so this, it's, it's just how it is. And, and it is something I have welcomed into my life. So I am committed like I was to my underwater photography and the quality of, of the pictures, but I, I want my girls to be. How, how great would that be if they start getting really involved in what you're doing in your project? Yes. It'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah. My, my, my oldest actually, she's doing animations right now. She's 14. She has started animation and she plays the piano too. So who knows in the future again, you can't, you know, I'm super cool. I can't, I can't be nothing in her eyes than super uncool. Yeah. You know, it's just how it is to be a parent. So, you know, I'm certainly not pushing it. But is there a possibility in the future? Well, it would be great if there was. Absolutely. We're in the same position. My my son is 14 and my daughter's 10. Oh, and, you just uh, you were such a nerd. <laughs> you were just so uncool. I'm right? always asking him. So what's the latest thing we've got to be in? What's the, you know, you know, TikTok or whatever it is and uh, or something else that, you know, so <laughs> over my head and then I've got to Google it or get him to show me how it works. Yeah, no, I know sometimes we can't get a TV. It's like, Tavi, can you help us? You know, like, oh gosh. <laughs> so, I just, we're always learning, aren't we? So it, it never stops. <laughs> it never stops. Gemma, do you have kids? No. You don't have any kids. So you can, you can dive, you, you can dive plenty. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, when we can at the moment, because there's no diving in the UK now, so... so. No, there's no diving at all in the UK? Oh, you're in lockdown, no. obviously. Yeah. How is the diving in the UK? Uh, all right. Yes, it's, it's good. It's, it's very varied, you know. And um, have you have you been to the UK, dived in the UK at all? I, I no. only, I only, where the water's warm, a lot of reef fish. You can <laughs> dive in the way, you know, some people, depending on how the cold affects, um, you know, in the summer here, you can dive in a five mil wetsuit absolutely fine it'll be uh let's say 18 to 20 degrees c with 70 yeah that's good enough so you know, it's okay a 40 minute dive uh is absolutely fine um but if you want to dive this time of year more on the south coast anywhere really it's more in the uk is dry suit diving definitely dry suit yeah, yeah. but yeah. you can get away with the summer um and yeah. on the south coast i think their currents uh, they get the they don't get the water from the north they get their water from the south and that brings the water and clearer yeah. warmer uh helps. clearer water yeah and you can dive on the south coast nearly all year round where where we are on the east coast you've only got a short window because after about october november time, there's no visibility and it's all stirred up brown and horrible you know? yeah so it's not yeah i don't know if what, what i found at over the years i got less and less and less um tolerant of lower temperatures and what we did we were actually the first ones to do it was like i want to wet i want a dry suit and in the galapagos we started doing what's called temperate diving we, yeah. but we started doing um dry suits from dui divers unlimited uh-huh. out of i think Cal- san diego's california company they were very generous they sponsored us and um that was great because we would dive three to four times in Galapagos. And by the time it's strenuous diving and your body was trying to keep warm and it was just, we couldn't keep up. So we, we switched to dry suits. So it was a lot more drag, but we were warm. We were not so exhausted when we came back yeah. from our dives. 
And it was, I couldn't do sometimes two dives only a day, sometimes three, depending. And then that really helped out. I would absolutely need a dry suit. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, it was certainly cozy when we could dive. It was a, kept, yeah. yeah, nice and warm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, you know, maybe in a couple of months' time, three months' time, we might be able to get back in the water. So we've got lots of inland sites as well. Uh, while the sea is too rough in the winter, then we can use the inland sites. So they're like quarries and, yeah. So what do you see there? Do you, see, do you have enemies and where you are, like cold water enemies, and what do you have? Well, we did uh, a wreck, yeah. didn't we? Rosalie wreck, and that was covered with, yeah, all sorts of anemones, sort of white, orangey colours, weren't they? Crab, yeah. lobsters. Crabs, oh, lobsters, okay. all the different types of fish. Um, we saw some huge, we saw a big old cod up north, didn't we, from here? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah we dived in Scotland. Yeah. Oh, what about octopus and nudibranchs? No, not around. Not, um, I think you probably, there probably is. I've never seen any, not around, not around this way, but I'm sure yeah. there is further around somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, you've seen an octopus in the Red Sea, though, haven't you? I have, yeah, yeah. In, uh, on the Thistle yeah. Could have watched it for hours. That was just awesome. Just watching yeah, yeah. um watching uh octopus just change colours and it had other fish around it. Looked like a lionfish was gonna try and try and attack it, and there was uh two or three other fish in between that and the lionfish. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah uh, have you seen the have you ever seen the octopus punching? I mean it's so much fun. <laughs> they're the best. They're like no, they're the best. No, they're best. Oh yeah, definitely. Ian, have you ever uh dived in the South Pacific? I haven't, no. Oh, it's a great one. I mean, the the variety of octopus is just so fabulous, you know. Oh, my gosh. And the way they change color is just amazing. So so that's great fun. You know, it's it's absolutely one of my favorite animals. They're they're just lots of personality. And they they put their trust in you. You know, you can get really close to them. Mm. Talking of diving around the world, have you got any places still on your bucket list that you would like to dive not so much what I, where I would like to dive. There's really subject matters I would love to see. And the v, weedy sea, seahorse, weedy, what do you call it? It's off Australia. The weedy sea dragon mm-hmm. is something I would really like to see. I have not spent enough time in the water with mammals, dolphins, whales. It's something I would really like to do. As far as the South Pacific, you can always improve on your portfolio. And there's always an opportunity you missed. And there's always subject matters you had more luck with with others. So, um, but in terms of subject matters, I would really like the sea dragons, the really frilly ones. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's an experience. Um, and again, the mammals. I'm a little short on mammals. I have a couple of really good shots, but, um, but not, I wouldn't say it's my strongest part of my portfolio. You must have saw some great stuff in the Galapagos. Yes, yes. We saw um, we saw the hammerheads. We saw the Galapagos sharks, a lot of silkies, rays, you know, the sea lions, yeah. you know. But I, t- I tend to get so excited in the moment, too. It's like, oh, so much fun. It's like, oh, I got a photograph. <laughs> you know, I get distracted. It's like, oh, what, how is it I do this? So, yes, no, I definitely have, have great shots from from those places, but not like the bottlenose dolphins over a sandy bottom or, you know, there are places in the world where they're just really friendly and somewhat easy to get to. So, and the same with the whales. I, when I lived in Hawaii with Chris, I was not photographing, but we did go out with the pilot whales. We went out with the humpback whales. You know, one time you came across a sperm whale. So, but at that time I was not photographing. It's gotta be awesome. 
must be awesome to see them. It is. Yeah. One, one, we were sitting in Vanuatu one time talking about the Red Sea. We could not go to the Red Sea that season. So we scrambled to come, you know, give our guests a trip. So it was due to the, to the Gulf War. So we ended up in Vanuatu. And I'm, it was not, it was, it was good. It was like Hawaii diving. You don't go to Hawaii to dive necessarily. You dive when you're there anyway. And it's, it's perfectly nice. Um, but it wasn't like Solomon Islands or Papua New Guinea. But I'm sitting on a dive site. And next thing I look up, there's a humpback whale right over me. Wow. It's so much fun. So much fun. So, so yes. But the moments are fleeting with the, with the mammals. Uh, the biggest moment I probably ever had was with the orcas. I don't know if you have seen my, pic, my orca picture. It has five orcas, a part of orcas. We had been, it was like, it's, I think it was the eighth season in the Solomon Islands. And that year, we had just added one trip after another. We were there for 13 weeks straight. And, you know, we were so locked into the schedule of when the inter-island planes were, you know, were landing. So if one group came out, you know, one group landed, we would probably put the same group on that flight. So there was no break. So we had Mary Island, which is a very known island in the a dive site in the Solomons. And I'm like, I cannot get in the water one more time and photograph those big eye jacks of the barracudas. <laughs> it's like, I have enough pictures. I'm done. I need a break. And I look out. And I see this big exhale and it's five part of orcas. And it is like noontime. It is completely flat. It's like perfect. So we managed and we got photos of these, this part of orcas. Just that is, awesome. that was like a moment, truthfully a moment of a lifetime. And there's just a great sense of intelligence, great sense of, you know, they mm -hmm. acknowledge us, but just by like an airplane tipping its wings, it just, they just tipped and looked at us. Amazing. Yeah, we went in, in the water with them several times. So yeah. I came across with them too in the Galapagos up at the northern island of Darwin. And I'm sitting there with one of our guests, Mark Thomas is his name. And we're sitting in the water and we see the orcas. And we're like, oh my gosh. So we put our heads in the water. We were, we were waiting on the surface to be picked up. And all we see is this long intestines in the water. And I'm like, oh, this is not a good place to be. We had nowhere to back up. So we were like, oh. And then later on, it, must, it was probably the same part of or orcas. And they were in the southern part of the Galapagos. And we were there when they were coming up with Galapagos sharks. And so, you know, we were out in the water. Nobody was going in. But, but you yeah. know, so, yeah, it's always exciting when they are, when you have, you know, diving with mammals. Yeah, they say they really are very intelligent animal, don't they? You have, yeah. they're a real sense of intelligence when you real sense, you sense it right away. You also know they are the masters and you are not. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're just like, they rule the show. You were in their world, you were in their presence, not the other way around. Yeah. So it was important to remember that, I think. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, in any situation. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell us about if you could take three people in the water with you to dive, who would you take in with you if you could? Anyone from history? Who would I take in the water? I would take my daughters. Could I count yeah. as one? I would yeah. take my daughters. Absolutely. I would take my brother. Oh. Is he a diver? Nope. No, but just I would love for him to see it and experience what I've experienced. I've got a lot of people I want to take in, in the water. A lot of the people come to mind are people that are already in the water. So, you know, I would probably choose people that are non-divers so they could see what they, they haven't seen yet. Yeah. But as far as people, you know, I met a lot of people in the industry like Jacques Cousteau and Jean-Michel Sylvia Earle and Stan Waterman. And yeah. one person I would like to reconnect with 
his boss Aldrin, second man on the moon. He used to, we used to run into him in Galap um, Solomon Islands because he used to do trips there too. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I, I, I met him there, also met him at MIT at their 100th anniversary um, in Boston. So that was fun. I would like to to spend some time with him. That's that would be choice. Great I like that choice. Yeah, that's, yeah, from one extreme to the other, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But as far as people, I would want to bring people in the water that have not seen it. Or my, I have a couple, of, we, we were so blessed with a fantastic uh, customer uh, guest list and obviously Jose is my second hand and but there was lots of other guests that I would love to to see again and dive with again they were really great people mm -hmm. so you know a lot of my guests I would want yeah so I think those would be my choices yeah good choices Choice. yeah. yeah so when you're diving do you have a favorite piece of equipment that you can't dive without or you well it would be my camera yeah, <laughs> it would be my camera, and I, I was very light on the on this. You know, I never had a knife. I I never I, I was really trimmed down. It was just my wetsuit, you know, a hood if I needed it, and then my BCE weight belt you if I needed it. Sometimes I didn't. What was it? What's your th thoughts but about not having a knife? Because it's in the way. It's just one <laughs> more thing to just. I used to have you scissors. See that a lot. Even with inland lakes, you see all these divers, all these knives. You think, oh my god! So it's, it's quite unusual to hear hear, hear somebody say you actually never wanted a knife. <laughs> I never had it. I had scissors, uh, surgical scissors in my um, in my pocket in my BC mm. in case I came across fishing line. Mm, that's a good idea. I mean, what am I going to use a knife for in the water? Honestly, what am I going to find? What am I going to do? Yeah, going to fight off sharks? Am I going to you know <laughs> cut down trees? What am I going to do with a knife? So yeah. I gotta put a knife on my course. I don't know. There's no use for it. Yeah, well, I haven't purchased a knife yet. Maybe I'll get a pair of scissors. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have to strap it on. And sometimes you just gotta get in the water. You know, you got your what? You know, I was super. I mean, I could get in my wetsuit in 30 seconds and be in the boat. Tell me to go diving. I'll be in the in a dinghy in two seconds. Yeah. You know, I don't need all the strapping and all this other nonsense. You know, so I didn't even have a dive light on on me. And there was nothing dangling off of me. We used yeah. to have the, we eventually went to the tubes because we had Galapagos. Well, our guests started floating around. <laughs> they floated off in, with great distances and, you know, we, we became aware this was a good idea. So we had a sausage, they were called. That's what I had. And then I had scissors. That was it. My camera and, and me. I didn't even have a snorkel. <laughs> well, because the get is in the way and it was like, oh, God. Yes. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> too much, too much. It's just you don't you don't need it. It's more drag. I had enough in carrying my camera, so yeah. Well, I like that. Keep it simple. That's really yes, good. exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And then also, truthfully, when you're in the water, there is enough going on that you don't need all the extras. So you know, having a knife around my ankle just didn't make me feel any safer. Yeah, it's true. I like that. That's good. I just thought I'd ask because uh, you don't hear many people say that. It's quite ask them when was the last time they used that knife. Never. That's right. Exactly. Never. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. So I strap the ding dong thing up, and then you know it's just one more thing to lose. <laughs> it is. It's true. It it's is absolutely true. true. Now you lose them, and I have to go find it. Happens yeah. to be in a river that's very dark with no visibility. 
<laughs> you know, it's just, it didn't make sense to me. There are maybe, if you're in kelp forest, if you are in places like that, cave diving, something like that, um, there might be a situation, but uh, on a coral reef, not in my opinion. Yeah. If you want to strap it on, go right ahead. But right. Yeah. balance. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes. But also for us, you know, a lot of times we did not, we never did shore diving. We did it right off the back of the boat or we did it, you know, from a dinghy. So we were picked up. There was just not, not no, no great big dangers. So if you could have a billboard and you could put a message on that and okay. you, you want to get a message or a statement and you want to put something on a billboard to say something to thousands and the millions of people in the world, what would you put on it? It can be anything you like, a picture, a photo, can be a statement, but you that's want to make a question. statement. Oh, that's a, that's a big one. And um, where I am and for the message I'm trying to persuade, I would probably have a picture of a very happy looking fish and I will say, come see us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you want me to, I can I can show you some of the pictures. I might better give you a little bit more of it. And I did, if you could screen share, I pulled them up and we can just take a look at them real quick. It's just about 10 pages, maybe not even. But just to see where I from. Yeah, if you've got them. Yeah, that'd be great. I have them right now. Yeah, I pulled them up so I didn't have to. You didn't have to get seasick while I navigated my computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we'd love to see them. So this is a typical page. Can you hear me? Yes, yeah, 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 but yeah, we can see that. Yeah. Things for Blenny, super simple, Galapagos Islands, super cute fish. So that's kind of where I'm, that's where I'm going with it, the cuteness of the fish. You can uh, see the character in it, can't you? Well, that's it. And that's kind of where I'm going with my photography. Now I'm getting a little wheel. So there's an octopus, and that was from New Guinea. I mean, a lot of personality there, a lot of color, you know, and that's, you know, if that can't, you know, that is going to, in my opinion, you know, be enough rather than the scare ta tactic that we have seen before. And, you know, they're a smaller animal, but they're just as great. But I really want to show you, this is the shark that's hanging in the Smithsonian. And this is where I am going for like the shark. It's beautiful. It's just in nature. But, you know, I got the pink, I got the, you know, so it's balancing out with a lot of blue with the pink. So the girls feel that, you know, they belong there too. Um, Clownfish, that's also the cover of the book, Clownfish. So right. that one they know, um, but very lot of contact with the, you know, and here's the leaf fish. Again, pink, and I do that on purpose, but then I, you know, balance it out with the blue. Mm. Um, Navi stonefish, you know, pretty scary, pink and green. You know, I'm just really trying to draw both boys and girls out in there and and it's for nudibranch and so that was just some examples of is there anything oh the whales or oh, this is the my this is this is the orcas wow you know? so the whales there you know again the pink with the blue and i just i think it looks great yeah um but i also i want there be, to be interest for all yeah. so yeah so that's that was my dog and pony show but eagle race here's another one that's from galapagos and again it's not it's not a macho picture but it's a very pretty picture and um that's what i'm you know that's what i'm after and you can see how it will draw the curiosity of children you know they they're going to be fairly little aren't they doing their abc so yeah yes yeah and then you go to the website and you learn e even more and then i'll have a website about the animal and it's very chatty and it's it's like um with the clownfish or the leaf fish, it behaves like a leaf. And then it describes how the leaf fish will shed its outer skin. And, and like, can you imagine if you could do that, you know, and 
or with the octopus, can you imagine if you could look like your room or change color to match your room exactly? That's kind of my analogy. Um, mm. And I'm trying to draw things in the children's life, uh, such as like brushing your teeth, personal hygiene, family obviously is hugely important. You, their rooms are very important. So, so meet them at that level for the children's books. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, and then after that, I have a trilogy that's sitting on my computer. It's being edited, hopefully. I'm, I'm waiting for this author's group to commit to it because it's really only for adult books. And I, I chose to write my um, Live Well Beyond Breast Cancer with them, th this book. Uh -huh. But uh, I'm supposed to do a second book, and I think I'm, again, spreading myself too thin. So I asked if they could help me with the trilogy, and I'm waiting to hear Monday if they will or not. It's a total exception. They're considering, so it's great. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Ian. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's excellent. That's really good. So, so, um, so if people want to find out more about you, is your website up and running yet? Or is there anywhere else they can go to learn more about what you do? Yeah, they can contact me through Facebook at this point is the, is the best way to do it. We are going to have a landing page for each book. That's the plan at this point. So, you know, this book you're looking at the pages is called An Ocean ABC Alphabet Book. So uh, the landing page for that, it will be on the, um, it, the plan is in Amazon. You can have a direct link to the book right up there and they can just click on that and then they will go to a landing page and they can go into the website or they can just find me on the on person, you know, message me through Facebook at this point. Brilliant. Okay. No, that's great. So, um, so yeah. So yeah. And if you have any questions for me, you know, you know where to get me. And um, you know, if you ever come to the U S not that you will anytime soon, but keep me in mind, we're literally just across the, the dam, as we say. Yes. So in English. Yeah. No, it's been fab talking to you. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. We'll be in touch. Okay. Enjoy your Saturday. Well, <laughs> thank, you. thank you so much. Bye. 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 Right, okay, that was Birgette Dieter-Wilms. How did you like that? Yeah, that was really good, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, really interesting. So we're looking forward to her books coming out. And as soon as we've got notification of when, then they'll be on our social media and we'll be plugging them away for her. We certainly will. And I want to say thank you very much uh, to Dieter to joining us on The Big Scuba. Yeah, yeah. So, and we have also got one of her good friends coming up on episode 60. Oh, pray tell, who's this? Her name is Julianne Zeifel. So she is another uh, member of the Women Divers Hall of Fame. Yeah. And she has dived, she's mixed in all the diving circles you can imagine, all the big names. She's uh, a good friend of Sylvia Ells as well, isn't she? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so our conversation with her was, yeah, very entertaining. She mentioned lots of names of yeah. all these amazing people that she'd met through her career. Based in the US. Yeah, yeah. And she does a lot of work with uh, teaching children as well and charity work. Yeah. And again, she's another breast cancer survivor. So uh, that's where the connection lies with Birgette Dieter-Will. Yeah. And done uh, a serious amount of diving in the past. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so that's coming up in episode 60. So that will be another entertaining... Um, I can't believe we're on episode 60, Jim. I know, <laughs> whizzing by. <laughs> I know, I was only five minutes ago. Was it like 50? Now we're on to 60, so that's brilliant. No, yeah, br some exciting excellent. things in the pipeline as well, haven't we? So, yeah, yeah, all good stuff. All good stuff. Yeah, 
So that's that's what's coming up in episode 60. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for listening and uh, downloading this episode. So uh, it's good to have you with us once again. Yes. Yeah. And if you've got any suggestions or comments, send us an email, direct messages on our social media, our Facebook, our Twitter or Instagram, because we really like it. Don't forget the bat phone. (laughs) Don't forget the bat phone as well. You can call that as well. So what's the number? Plus 44 78 10 Excellent. Teamwork. Yeah, so uh, any messages, leave on there and then we'll play them in the next episode. Woohoo, can't wait. Yeah, so that's it for now. So I'm going to say cheerio. I'm going to go lay down in a dark room. <laughs> You're always in a dark room. <laughs> I know, it's what I do after every episode. Get out in the fresh air. (laughs) Anyway, right. So we'll be back in a week's time on episode six. So that's enough from Gemma. (laughs) That's certainly enough for me. (laughs) Thanks for listening and see you next week. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.